This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. In today's podcast, I'd like to talk a little bit about revival preparation and the birthing of revival. What is it that brings us to our knees? What causes you and me to cry out to God in desperation? Is it simply an unquenchable desire to draw closer to the lover of our soul? Or does it take something tragic to awaken our hearts? The fact that we even ask these kinds of questions is probably a good thing. It means we recognize that the Lord is the only one who can bring change, whether to our individual lives or corporately as the body of Christ. Our nation and the world at large are looking for answers and solutions. We have an answer. But are we prepared to point them to God, the one who is the savor of our souls, the one who is the one that brings life and life more abundantly, the one who has mercies that are new every day, the one who has an abounding, great, and amazing grace to be poured out? You see, revival is coming, and it usually arrives one of two ways, either by choice and birth or by shaking. Wouldn't it be better for revival to come by our choice to humble ourselves and press into the Lord? That would be revival by birth or by choice. But unfortunately, it often takes a shaking to bring us to a place of genuine humility with passion and intimacy for Him. We see this contrasted in Micah chapter 4 and Isaiah chapter 2. Both these scriptures start off verbatim, word for word, the same. These passages are virtually identical in the beginning of those particular verses. It's their endings which are quite different. Micah 4 is a picture as I see, is a revival of birth and by choice, while Isaiah 2 shows revival by shaking or judgments. Regardless of which way we come, it is the Lord's desire for us to open our hearts before Him. He's preparing us to minister His love and grace to all those around us. If you want to hear good news behind the bad news in our world or experience transformation in your community, if you need equipping and encouraging to overcome the challenges of life and ministry or desire to be empowered to serve your community, if you are looking for a tribe of like-minded believers that want to be the church, then Somebody Cares Global Summit is the place for you. Join us October 17th through the 19th in Houston, Texas, as we regroup, recharge, and relaunch for the next move of God in our communities. Visit somebodycares.org for more details and to register. That's somebodycares.org. What will it take to get us ready to prepare the bride for the preparation of revival and the birthing of a revival in our generation? I believe it involves action on our part. We must surrender to Him and His Lordship in every part of our lives. Yes, we did that the day we accepted Christ, but the Bible tells us that we are to work at our salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that He who began a good work in us will complete it till the end. Philippians chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, and Philippians 2, verse 12. God's mercy is new to us every morning, Lamentations 3, 23. Because of His great love for us, and I like to say extravagant, abounding great love for us, we can come boldly before the throne of God's grace, the mercy seat of God, to obtain help in time of need. Hebrews chapter 4, 16 is a great picture of that. But therefore, we willingly ask Him, the Lord, to expose any area of our own lives that is contrary to His character 
and his ways. Or I like to say that we need to be in agreement with his word, character, nature, and spirit. God knows us, and we can trust him with our hearts. A genuine passion for Christ allows no room for compromise or mediocrity. There's a couple of alarming situations in the city where our ministry is based, in Houston, Texas. The number one teen sex trafficking city in the nation is known to be in Houston, or this I-10 corridor. It is not a statistic to be proud of, and that alone should drive many of us to our knees. Those are always the counterfeit of what God's redemptive purposes are for a community or a city. In addition, potentially the largest abortion clinic in the Western Hemisphere is now in Houston, Texas. And yet Houston has been known as a city of spiritual birthing, a place to touch the nations of the world, that if God would touch the church of Houston, the implications are it would impact the nations of the world because Houston is now the most diverse city in America, and it's known as the gateway to the world through our energy capital of North America, through the the ship channel, through two major airports. There's so many things about Houston that strategically in the natural has a spiritual implication that if God touches the church, it would impact the nations. In fact, the nations are here in Houston now as the most diverse city in America. What are we going to do with what God has provided us right in our midst? So we as the church need to be a city set on a hill, a city within a city, so we set the tone and the narrative to see the redemption of God to a city, to a nation, to touch the nations of the world. And again, a genuine passion for Christ allows no room for mediocrity or compromise. We must be cleansed of our hearts personally and persevere in prayer if we're going to experience lasting change, not only in our own lives, in our cities, in our nation, or around the globe into the nations of the world. We must address any compromise in our personal lives that would hinder us in confronting such a serious issue that confronts us in our generation. How can we settle into complacency while multitudes of souls are in the balance of eternity? Jesus weeps over the needs of his people. He weeps over those who are weary and struggling through their their own wilderness travels. He weeps over the millions who are lost without a vision of hope. Because of his endless love, his ears are always open to our cries on behalf of our generation. Are our hearts broken over the apathy or compromise we find in ourselves, much less around us? From a posture of brokenness and contrition of heart, the Lord will allow us to stand in the gap for others. I believe it's time, like spoken of by the prophet Joel, in which we must weep between the porch and the altar prior to an outpouring of His Holy Spirit or birthing of revival in Joel chapter 2, verse 17. After a time of reflection with repentance, humility and a renewed passion comes to us, and the Lord will bring a time of refreshing. A place of the altar or symbolically at the feet of Jesus, is a great place to start. It's a great place for us to learn to be in His presence and to hear His voice, to be empowered by His Holy Spirit, to have His heart to go out and be a tangible expression of His love in a world that desperately needs to know His love. It's a place where the Lord can work in us first and then through us. We need courage today more than ever before to stand for the Lord. That kind of courage requires a love for the truth more than life itself. Will you join with me to stand in the gap on behalf of those who desperately need His love and they're desperate for His presence? They may not know it, but their longing in their hearts is to know the Lord and for the Lord to do a work in and through them.
we have such a great opportunity to see a mighty harvest of changed lives and souls. As Winky Prattney once wrote, and I've quoted before in previous podcasts, when God finds someone with courage to pray and live a life of holiness and compassion, he can literally change the face of a nation. May our hearts cry out, God, break our hearts with the things that break yours. As I've quoted before, the founder of World Vision, Bob Pierce, used to say that often, God, break our hearts or break my heart with the thing that break yours. And corporately, may we cry out to God as a church, God, break our hearts. Give us revelation of your heart so that we would know the things in your heart that is broken and the desires of your heart for a generation that needs to know you. Lord, we seek you first and ask for souls, change lives, and revival. And Lord, let it start with me. What will it take to obtain both personal victories and breakthroughs for our city or our nation and around the world? God so desires to satisfy the longing of our souls and the cries of our hearts. He has a destiny that He intends us to fulfill individually and corporately, yet discouragements and disappointments and distractions come along the way that have caused us at times to forget the Lord's promises and to forget his dreams and visions for us, or what he's spoken over your community, your city, or your nation. Though at times we may feel spiritually and physically barren, with great odds stacked up against us, the Lord still wants to fulfill his purposes through us to reach our community and to reach our generation. God wants to turn our difficulties into victories and our barrenness into the birthing of revival. But for this to happen, I believe our passion for Christ must be greater than our passion for anything else. A genuine passion for Christ allows no room, remember, for compromise or mediocrity. We must come to the Lord with transparency and honesty and to be a lover of truth so we can seek Him in the fullness of heart because it's His heart in us calling out to Him. As the late revivalist Leonard Ravenhill used to say, God doesn't answer prayer, He answers desperate prayer. God sees our need but wants us to come honestly and openly before Him with all our fears, insecurities, disappointments, and the sins and temptations that we are given over to. When we do, He replaces our facades with His healing virtue and power. That's the beginning of personal breakthrough that turns into a corporate breakthrough that can bring the birthing of revival. But it all starts with revival preparation in us individually. It's what I do behind closed doors when no one else can see me that determines the power of God or lack of it in public. It's how I respond during my desert or wilderness times in life that determines the expediting or postponing of God's intended purposes and destiny and provision in my life. Webster's Dictionary touches the surface of defining what revival really is. It says, a period of renewed religious interest. I believe it is so much more than that. It's a renewed relationship with the Lord and realization that only He can satisfy the longing of souls. From that posture, we can accomplish His purposes in and through us. It's an awakening to the reality that many people still need to know the love of the Father. You and I, they're conduits to demonstrate that love. What manner of love that God has bestowed on us that we can be called the children of the Lord, that we call Him Abba, Father. But also in Colossians 1.12, we give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to receive the inheritance as the children of the light. The reality is for the world to see and understand the love of the Heavenly Father, they need to first see 
the love of the Heavenly Father through Christ in us, being shined lightly in a world of darkness and difficulty. You and I are the conduits and demonstrate that love. What will it take to get us to that place? I believe a modern-day revivalist from Uganda spoke it this way at a gathering of pastors back in the 1990s. He said that he had learned that revival comes from desperation and that desperation comes either one of two ways, through passion or persecution. I recall in 1987 having a strong sense that we would be shaken by church and political scandals due to the erosion of our moral and spiritual foundations in our country. Hebrews 12, 25-29 says, Of a shaking so intense, only those things that cannot be shaken will remain. Those things built solidly upon the foundations of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 11-14 would be left standing. The purpose of the shaking is to purify and to mold us so we can see things from God's eternal perspective. We are living in some pretty intense times, yet they're exciting times. As we follow the unfolding of daily news and events around us, we're faced with the world challenges and global uncertainties, causing some to despair and even begin to fear. Various crises around the world have allowed us to grasp how connected our world really is. It is as if Luke 21 is happening right before our very eyes through the shakings of famines and earthquakes and tsunamis and tornadoes and fires and pestilence, uprisings and wars and rumors of wars. And yet as we read chapter 21 of Luke, verse 13, the word leaps right off the page at me as an encouragement and a prophetic declaration of promise to each and every one of us. Because Jesus in his own words is speaking to his own people when he says, but, remember this is in the middle of all the shakings, he says, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for your testimony. Wow, the inference is that he's challenging all of us to recognize that in the midst of the difficulties and shakings around us, we can experience something of an opportunity to be a testimony of the faithfulness and greatness of God. So Luke 21 speaks of all the shakings and difficulties and wars and rumors of wars. We see that happening in the world today. But verse 13 is a direct challenge to us, his people, when Jesus says, but in the middle of all these difficulties, it shall be an occasion for your testimony. In fact, in Matthew 5:16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We who have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, Revelation 12:11, can re- reflect the Lord to a world in need around us. That's good news. We are called to bring the gospel, the good news, to a world of bad news. God's intended purpose is that even through our trials, our difficulties, the multitudes upon multitudes in the valley of decision can be pointed to Jesus, their hope. I believe it's time to come forth in strength and to give a birth for revival. God is ready to do this in a great way through each and every one of us when we say yes to God. The question is, are we ready? May our desperation be driven by a renewed passion for Christ that is greater than our passion for anything else. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you now, in my life, and those that I work with, and Father, those that are listening even to these kinds of podcasts or reading my articles, Lord, I pray it would provoke us to a deeper place of consecration and in a high level of renewed expectation that only comes in you. God, we know we can do nothing without you. There is nothing without you. Lord, you are everything. You are still the Savior, the Healer, the Liberator. 
You are all in all. Father, we want to know you by character, word, nature, and spirit. Help us to know you in the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your passions. Help us, Lord, to have your heart. Help us to touch your heart, that you would move your hand, and we would see revival in the land in our lifetime. God, we know revival, just like Charles Finney said, revival is no more miracle than a crop of wheat. God, we know the miracle is what happens to the seed that we plant in the ground by obedience, that you give life to that seed and a crop comes from it. Help us, Lord, in our own lives, be willing to say, Lord, use me. Use me, Lord, as seed into the soil of souls of my time, my talent, my resources, and my treasuries. Help us, Lord, to be the seed sown, that you would do a miracle in the sowing of our lives, of our time, talent, resources, that, Lord, a crop, a great harvest would come, and we would see with our eyes all we have longed for and believed for. If you prayed that with me, an agreement, I believe agreement is the place of power. So I'm praying that if, if you have any personal needs or if you would like to, to ask prayer requests of us, would you please email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. That's prayer at somebodycares.org. And would you also share the articles or podcasts that you get from us? In fact, you can go to my website, somebodycares.org, somebodycares.org or dougstringer.com and get many of our articles, and we've also published quite a few of those, but also take the podcasts that we've been sharing here, and would you share them with others? We so appreciate you, and if there's anything we can do in praying for you, please, again, email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And if you'd like more information about us, go to our websites. We'd be happy to connect with you and like to be able to further communicate with you about the good news in a world of bad news. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.